Welcome everyone to VLGA Connect in the weekly newsroom segment with the CEO of the VLGA joining me, Catherine Arndt. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Chris. And can I say good evening? We're actually recording this a, a little bit later than we normally would, but it is lovely to, to see you and to catch up on all the news of the week. And look, this is it should be seamless for the viewer and the listener. The, um, you know, they shouldn't be able to tell when we record this, but you're right. We're, we're outside our usual recording schedules because both of us have had our schedules thrown out a little bit in the past uh, few days. There's been lots happening. Can we perhaps talk about budget firstly? Because federal budget last week, uh, state budget coming up this week. Uh, lots of money from the federal budget for uh, bridges, rail, roads, community infrastructure, water infrastructure projects. Uh, the, you know, it's just some of the headlines. The financial assistance grants, uh, once again, they're going to prepay. 50% of the FAGs are coming before 30 June, which is a good cash flow initiative for councils. I know you've been looking at some of the below the, below the headline sort of things, which are really important too. Well, Absolutely. And I think the federal budget um, and certainly the media release and analysis that the Australian Local Government Association uh, put out last week gives would give our viewers a good assessment of some of the new initiatives in the federal budget that impact the local government sector. Of mm -hmm. course, from a Victorian perspective, we're all waiting for the state budget, which will be released on Thursday. But what I can comment on is that there was a media release from the state government yesterday that talked about an additional $44.1 million being allocated in the budget to assist and support children affected by family violence and sexual assault and including as adolescents who use violence at home. So that was a welcome announcement. Um, and of course, we'll look forward to seeing, you know, the detail of that when, when it does come out in the budget papers on Thursday. I must also comment that I did note that an additional $1.3 million is being allocated in the budget to support people who are fleeing um, domestic violence to uh, enable them to find safe places for their pets as well because oh. um, that was um, an interesting, um, you know, I guess, view. I mean, I hadn't really thought about that before, but, of course, one of the observations made in the media release is that sometimes people are reluctant to leave um, violent situations because they're concerned about the welfare of, of a pet that might yeah. remain in the home. So... Uh, again, I'm looking forward to all of those initiatives that come through, um, you know, on Thursday. And, of course, we did have the Federal Minister for Local Government on the pro program a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mark Colton, who spoke to some of those um, federal budget initiatives also. He did indeed. I, I think that that bucket of money to help with uh, relocation of pets is a is a great thing. Why not? Um, I, I feel like saying sometimes pets are people too, uh, but they, they certainly think they are. They, they <laughs> certainly mine, do think they are. They I mean, certainly do. <laughs> yes. Now, before we go on to any more, um, I guess, local government news, although this is local government news, I would just like to congratulate you, Chris, Eddie, on your appointment as an administrator at the City of Whittlesea. Congratulations. And I think that the, yeah. um, you know, the community is well served to ha have you as part of that group of administrators. You have such an incredibly 
um, important piece of work to undertake. And I believe your appointment continues through to uh, 2024 when the council will then seek to go back to um, elected representatives being in place. That's correct. Look, it's a real privilege uh, to be uh, appointed to that role. I'm really excited about it. I've already started spending quite a bit of time uh, out there at Whittlesea and really looking forward to working with that council and that, that community. There's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of really important work uh, to be done. Absolutely. Next. And I mean, as, as we all know, the role of an administrator is effectively taking on the role that an elected representative would undertake in, in their term. So it is a, it's a very important role. And, um, you know, we look forward to, I guess, perhaps where appropriate hearing some of your observations about that. But, but more importantly, um, we're very pleased that you're able to continue to work with us to deliver VLGA Connect and other associated um, programs. Thank you. And thank you for your, your patience in advance uh, because my schedule's been sort of thrown uh, up in the air in recent days. Hence, we're recording this uh, of an evening. Uh, we won't have to do that all the time, I, I hope. Talking about appointments, uh, Catherine, thank you very much for your kind words there. Um, the new Commissioner for Equal uh, Opportunity and Human Rights, we knew Kristen Hilton was stepping down after five years. The new commissioner has been announced and it's it's the new commissioner is an existing commissioner in effect. That's right, it's Ro Allen and we've had Ro on the program before. So we congratulate uh Row, and we must have her back on the program to talk about, I guess, her priorities um, in, in this new role and, and such an important role. And we, um, you know, again, acknowledge the significant contribution that Kristen made in her five years as commissioner. And of course, Kristen's been on the program a couple of times as well. We're really grateful to uh, all of the commissioners who've given us their time. Um, while we're on that, Anna Cronin, the Better Regulation Commissioner, is coming up this week on VLGA Connect, so look out Fantastic. for that. Fantastic. I mean, Anna led a piece of work a couple of years ago now looking at red tape um, in the planning system. Um, I believe she's also working on some tasks for task force that look at the building and planning. And that'll be the main topic of conversation this week. She's uh, she's heading up that building system review process, which is just getting underway. We talked about it on the program. I think the appointment of that that panel. So she's uh, she's leading that. Work. We did, and I and I caught up recently with Jude Munro, who we've also had on the program before. Jude's the chair of the Victorian Planning Authority, but has also been involved and appointed on some of those related task forces. And I believe also sitting on one that Anna is. And there's certainly a lot of recommendations that hopefully Anna will be able to talk to coming out of the work of those, those groups. Now, still in commissioner land, the historic uh, truth-telling commissioners have been appointed. Now we spoke with um, Geraldine Atkinson recently on another special edition about uh, the First People's Assembly work. And she did point to this coming as a particularly significant step in the in the whole process. Yes, so we, we congratulate and acknowledge the appointment of those commissioners. I think there were three appointed. Uh, there are four, actually, plus the chair. So um, Eleanor Burke, Professor Eleanor Burke is the chair. The other members are Dr Wayne Atkinson, Ms Sue Ann Hunter, uh, Professor Maggie Walter and uh, Professor the Honourable Kevin Bell are making up that uh, that commission. And look, the VLGA is certainly very um, pleased that we'll be continuing to have conversations with uh, the First Peoples Assembly. 
and um, and and Geraldine herself, when she was on the program, referred to that and the important role that local government do um, play, particularly when it, we come closer to the making of treaty and treaties. And um, you know, very pleased that we're able to have those conversations. So many stories this week that have come into the newsroom, uh, Catherine. We can't do them all, but uh, do want to mention the. Uh, this is hot off the press. The Victorian Ombudsman has released the outcome of a probe into how the 79 councils in Victoria handle the financial hardship provisions for ratepayers who are in financial hardship. And it's a real mixed scorecard that's come out of this process. It is. I did see a, um, a story in, in the media today that touched on that. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to read the detail of the report. It's such a, a complex area, and I'll be very interested to read the report and, and hear from the Ombudsman. And in fact, we should mention that that Deborah Glass, the Victorian Ombudsman, is coming onto our program to talk specifically to this report um, in coming weeks. But, um, yes, as I said, a complex system. We, we do have a rate cap in place. We, of course, all there are also issues of, you know, if a rate cap was not in place, the affordability for people anyway to pay rates. We have examples of um, residents who located in their, particularly the inner city, many, many years ago. They may have been new Australians immigrating to Australia. They're now older, but they're living in properties in the inner city that are, of course, um, from, a, from the way in which rates are calculated now, very expensive. So what's the affordability for those residents? Not to mention um, the resident that was mentioned in this particular um, article this morning. But I, I got a sense reading sort of the, the, the top level um, of, of that release that um, the Ombudsman had identified an inconsistency across the sector with the way in which they apply hardship policies, for example. So very interested to read the report and, and hear from the Ombudsman on that. That's, and that's exactly right. Uh, what she's saying is there are widely varying practices. So some, to be fair, uh, have really good practices, uh, engaging with financial counsellors, recognising family violence as a sign of hardship, uh, etc. But her point is that others uh, either don't have good policies in place or they're very difficult to find and access, or in some cases they're just uh, unfair and, and perhaps not offering people the full extent of options that are available to councils mm. uh, under the law. It certainly takes uh, some reading, I think, to, to dig into this, and it's one of those uh, pieces that I'm sure the sector will be looking at very closely uh, to see, um, hopefully, to see how we can do better. In yeah, this. indeed, and I'm sure knowing um, yourself and Steve Cooper, that you'll talk about it perhaps in a little more detail um, in the governance update this week also. Absolutely, we will. Can I just give a plug to last week's episode? Because you can go back and watch it any time. It's just about our most watched or fastest watched episode. And it's because we unpacked the Kingston Probity Review. I'm not sure if you read that, uh, Catherine. Yes, that look, report. I did see that. Mm. Yeah, what a great piece of work from that council to be on the front foot and proactively look at its own processes in light of the themes that are coming out of Operation Sandham, which, of course, is yet to be completed, and we don't really know what the wash-up from that is going to be. But I think it's a terrific example of how councils can be really 
proactive in that space and understand are there things that we're doing that we can do better in terms of our transparency and uh, and good process yeah look you're, you're entirely right chris a great example of a council being proactive and really understanding the governance responsibilities of 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 that council very reassured and very reassuring and pleasing to see that some of the recommendations that um, that independent reviewer um, provided to council included many of the topics that the VLGA, of course, talk about in our councillor development programs. So the concept of ethics training and transparency and integrity and um, building better relationships between the council officers and the elected representatives. So Again, as, as you mentioned, if our viewers haven't caught up with that, it's um, well worth watching last week's governance ups, uh, episode. I've noticed a lot more downloads of the podcast version too. I don't know what that says. Perhaps they're sick of looking at our faces, but they do want to hear what we have to say. I, I don't know. The jury's out. Perhaps um, a little easier to listen to to a podcast while you're on the um, treadmill or running from one meeting to the next. I'm not sure. That's very true. That is, there's, but the option is there for people to uh, to choose, of course. Uh, probably get to the classifieds now, uh, Catherine. Um, I see leading the agenda is about to launch for your new season this year, and I'm very pleased to to have a role to play in that as well because we're going to be talking about audit committees. That's right, and everything you were afraid to ask. Um, so that's scheduled. I'm not sure people are too afraid to ask about it, but, it, you know, it's a catchy phrase. <laughs> well, look, that's right, and perhaps they are. I mean, uh, anyway, that's the, that's the topic. Very, yeah. um, you know, looking forward to being able to have a face-to-face -face event um, on the 9th of June. July, more... sorry, 9th of July. 9th of July. I thought the 9th of June may have been a little soon. I apologise for that. Um, looking forward to that, it will be uh, at Picture Partners in Dockland, so very accessible on public transport as um, that venue is above Spencer Street Station. So keep a lookout for more information. We do have a really um, high calibre panel um, lined up for that as well. Register on the VLGA website. Um, it's almost National Reconciliation Week. And in line with that, uh, the Heart Awards are about to be announced for another year. Yes, well, the, the winners, the finalists have been announced. And of course, we're having our um, awards ceremony on the 4th of June. That's perhaps where I'm getting my June and July's mixed up. So that's in a couple of weeks. We have the Minister for Local Government um, opening that event and it's always a delightful event. And, of course, we uh, work to deliver that with our partner, Reconciliation Victoria, and I imagine um, they'll be very busy also with other work during Reconciliation um, Week, which I think starts next week on Thursday the 27th of May. Indeed. All right. So lots coming up. Uh, lots of news this week. Uh, hopefully we've done that some justice and we can point people to more information on all of those stories. Um, Catherine, thank you. Always good to chat. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the week. Yep. Good to chat to you, Chris. Enjoy your evening. Catherine Arndt is the CEO of the VLGA, joining us for our regular newsroom feature here on VLGA Connect. Mm -hmm.